0: Yeah, I've seen enough to say it, rebrand the New Orleans Pelicans, but not necessarily in the way that you think. I'll lay out my vision. I'll also tell you the most realistic win-now move for the Pels this season and answer other questions of yours in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available right here on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Friday, final show of the week. It's been a fun week here on Locked On Pelicans. If you've missed any episodes, go back and watch them. Be coming every day or listen Monday through Friday as we break down everything you want to know. The number one Pelicans podcast. Coming to y'all like nobody else does right now. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Go to a Pels game. I'm excited to be here. It's Friday, Black Friday. We're going to have some fun on today's show. It's a mailbag episode. I'm answering your questions. We're going to lead off with a rebrand question that actually came from the live episode that we did on Wednesday night. Yeah, let's just let's just dive into everything here. Let's go right on into it because I think we're going to go for a while here. Rebrand. The Pelicans uniforms, the Pelicans logo, everything about it feels a little stale, doesn't it? Since they rebranded from the Hornets to the Pelicans, necessary change, there haven't really been any tweaks, anything that's really been a large mix-up until this season, kind of. They tweaked the main logo this year. It no longer has like the New Orleans at the bottom of it. And that's supposed to be kind of just in words and letters. But even past, so, so at this point, things just kind of feel stale. It's the same color scheme, the blue, the red, the white with a hint of gold in there. And even past city edition jerseys haven't felt that much of a shake-up. They felt a little stale too. Right? The Mardi Gras jerseys, multiple times. The city edition, uh, the flag jersey that they did for the city of New Orleans, largely just played off the color scheme that they were already using red, white, blue. Something that multiple teams across the league, across multiple sports, have so their alternate jerseys the city edition jerseys have never really felt that different they've just felt like kind of a natural extension of the jerseys that we've seen that have gone through some minor revisions here and there but nothing truly exciting I would say you know the blue is just a dark blue the white is just a plain looking white and there's nothing that just makes it pop that makes it stand out you know, you the one good jersey they've really had was that Nola on the front that was kind of chevroned into the V. That looked really good, but we haven't seen them since then. You know, overall, their jerseys and the colors have just felt kind of plain for a while. And the red that was their best, the most striking, the most visually popping one, the most bold choice, right? The one we all like, Nola on the front, the red jersey was everybody's favorite. Well, they changed that one this year to the Crescent City one, and that's fine, but I don't know. That one didn't really need to change. It was other jerseys that they needed to change. And then they come out with the City Edition jersey this year. The black, the purple, the neon green, the skeleton It just looks good, doesn't it? We've seen it on the in-season tournament court. We've seen it on not the in-season tournament court. The black just looks great. The players thought these jerseys were fire and they seem to really like them. It feels edgy. It feels bold. It feels different. It doesn't look like anything else in the league. I always love when the City Edition jerseys are such a complete departure from what the teams are normally wearing. That's not something that the New Orleans Pelicans have done really whatsoever. Even the Mardi Gras Knights jersey from last season didn't really deviate from the kind of same pattern that they've had before and so things have felt a little bit change it really does feel like everyone you know this is anecdotally i don't have hard data on this you know loves the current city edition jerseys the merch is selling like crazy in the smoothie king center you see it all around the black hoodie with the purple basketball the neon green accent on it there's even just a straight up like neon green hoodie that they have that a lot of people were wearing the other night it jumps out at you It's distinctive. It catches your eye. I think they look really, really good. There's a t-shirt in there, like a purple one that has a New Orleans streetcar on it that looks great in those colors and everything. Something about these just works. And I think the Pelicans honestly could use a little bit of a refresh or rebrand, not from the Pelicans name, mind you, but lean more into this color scheme. Something about it just fits New Orleans feels right the purple especially right feels like it just fits the city of New Orleans a little bit more than say the red, the blue, the white. The neon green is distinctive, it sounds stands out. You know, you could easily use these black jerseys as one of yours. And then move to a, like a neon green one, the highlighter green color. You know, I was watching football on Thanksgiving Day yesterday. The Seahawks wore a jersey like that. They, you know, people like to, to be like, oh, my eyes are burning and all of those things. But it looks good, I think. You know what that team is. You know, if you look at a Pelicans jersey from afar and you don't see it says New Orleans on there, do you necessarily know what team that is, do something that is as distinctive as this city. Leaning into the light voodoo aspect of the skeleton with the bones in there instead of the feathers, I kind of dig it. You know, you would have, be able to have a lot of fun in the arena, and I don't want them to get too kitschy with it, right? You remember the old New Orleans voodoo arena football team where everything in there was just like commitment to the bit in extreme, and you don't want that. You don't want it to feel cheesy, right? You don't need like a witch doctor out there on the court trying to perform a ritual or a voodoo priestess, one of whom I've interviewed, by the way, for a story I wrote one time. You don't need things like that, right? You don't need to call it something, the arena, to to give it an edgy name. Just do cool jerseys that people want to buy and make cool merchandise based off of that. And I think they've definitely found this here, that this is just so different from what they've done in the past that it works, And then you can make a red jersey, your alternate or a white one with that Chevron Nola on it. All of that then looks so different so that when they wear those jerseys, it truly is something that people notice, pay attention to. You wear black, you wear neon green, right? And then you wear a red jersey out of nowhere. It's different. It's fun. It makes that jersey feel way more special, just like this jersey feels really special because it's not just a natural extension of what they're normally doing. I think that would energize the fan base. I think it would be a lot of fun to lean into all this. I don't know if they'll do this. I doubt that they'll do this. But I think we can say the City Edition jerseys have been a hit this year. Everyone loves the color scheme. I love the court. I love all of the courts other than the red courts. But love the Pelicans court here with the purple leaning into that color scheme. I think it looks great. I want more stuff like this. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Do you want them to change the colors do you want a different team name how would you rebrand the team let me know in the comments down below on youtube or let me know in the locked on pelicans insiders group on subtext the link is in the description down below we're doing a mailbag episode today they were the first people i went to for questions for the show the rest of this is pretty much filled with questions from the locked on pelicans insiders group so you can sign up The 14-day free tryouts, $4.99 a month after that. If you don't like it, that's okay. Cancel the show. still free in five days a week for y'all. But this is the best way to reach out to me, and I go to that group a lot with a lot of insight that you don't get anywhere else, and for questions like this. So coming up next, let's get into the questions here. What's the most realistic move the Pelicans could make to win now? There's actually multiple parts to this. I want to look at some health updates for the Pelicans too, why Jonas Valanciunas looks better, and even something about load management which is probably going to be on Monday's show. Let's talk about all of this, a lot to cover in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about game time. Buying tickets can be stressful. You don't know if the seats are necessarily going to be good. You can't find tickets at the last minute for an event that you want to go to. There's no good deals. Should you buy it now? Should you wait to see if the price changes you don't need to deal with all of that. You can just use Game Time because Game Time is the ticket app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You get to see the view from your seats before you buy. All the prices are shown up front. There's no hidden fees, so you know you're getting a great deal. They make it quick and easy. You can buy tickets in two taps. And my favorite part is the game time guarantee. It means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So buy whenever you feel like you're ready to buy, knowing that you're always going to get the best price. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on MBA for $20 off your first purchase. We just made it cheaper to go to a Pelicans game here. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast. Coming to y'all, covering the topics you want to hear. Who else talks about rebranding, colors, things like that. I know you care about their sartorial choices. Out there on the courts, one of the number one things I get asked about. We'll talk arena and other stuff at some point too. We're going to talk trades here in a second. X's and O's with play on the court with Valanciunas. We cover it all. Subscribe. Tell a friend about the show as well and comment down below on YouTube. If you really want to support the channel, become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday or get a little bit closer to being an everydayer. You listen one day a week, listen twice. You listen two days a week, listen three days a week. We cover it all here. And right now, for your second listen, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. I do Locked On NBA. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So let's get into the question part of the mailbag here. This one comes from a Locked On Pelicans insider, seriously. Join it. You can text me. I text you right back. And this goes, in your opinion, Jake, what's the most realistic move the Pels could make to win now with the current big three we have? It's a good question because they look competitive right now. We've looked at this starting lineup and it looks good. They're winning games. They just went four and one against four of the best teams in the Western Conference. This team isn't even healthy without CJ McCollum playing right now. We'll get, I'll give you an update on him in a sec. And Trey Murphy out there too, right? They're down Matt Ryan. They just got Larry Nance Jr. back. This team is being competitive, looks really good. They should get better when they're healthy, when things start to click a little bit more. So th- I think there's two ways to answer this question. If you're looking for a move this year, I'm not going to give you specific trade targets or anything like that. You know, I think you're looking for a couple of positions. A backup five. We talked about this a little bit in yesterday's show, in the live show that we did. The backup five has not been good for New Orleans. Larry Nance Jr. has not looked particularly great this season. We're getting very good Cody Zeller minutes right now. But can he keep that up over the course of the season and what is going to be his level of play? I don't know. They could also use a little bit more of a rim protector that can also defend on the perimeter and shoot threes. Easier said than done. So I think you definitely want to get quality back up five minutes because that's not something that this team has gotten. Now, that could also be Larry Dance Jr. if he elevates his play. And I think that's mainly just due to him not being truly, truly healthy. The other positions I think you could look at is maybe a slashing guard in the sense that you know, if you're looking for like a six man of the year, it could be Trey Murphy. You know, he's going to do that with his shooting, I think, more than anything else. But a guy that puts pressure on the rim could be really useful. Like a 20 point per game scorer off the bench. Harder to do on this roster because they run CJ with that second unit, anchoring that second unit at times. As we've seen him shooters and then Jonas and and there's tons of space out there. Got them that comeback win over the Oklahoma City Thunder a couple of weeks ago. So I do think you don't need that guy per se. It's not a bad thing necessarily to go out and get that though. So that could be an option. Just a slashing guard that gets downhill and can score and put pressure on the rim. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> this is the, the dangers of not having a mute button here. Okay. So a slashing guard, I think could be good A guy that you just trust to get you buckets with that second unit. When things stagnate space, the court for him. let him play downhill and attack. I think there can also be CJ cause we've seen them do it. And then more shooting, more shooting is good. You know, one of the questions I get a lot, and we talked about it in yesterday's show, and I talked about it a couple of days ago, if you're in everyday, or you know the answer to this, when I talked about the starting lineup right now with CJ out, and while it looks really good, there's zero shooting in that, and that almost cost them the game the other night against the Sacramento Kings. The Kings shot well, the Pelicans didn't because they don't have shooters, and you almost lost. So more shooters. I think those are the moves. I don't think this team necessarily needs to go after like a big-name player. You know, we'll talk about this in the next segment here because Jonas Valanciunas is playing very good basketball right now. You know, do you necessarily need to give up tons of assets to upgrade the center position? And I don't know if the answer to that question is yes right now when maybe it's better to use those assets for next season. Because the other answer to this question here is, well, are you thinking more about when now? Are you thinking about when now over a couple of seasons? Because if it's over a couple of seasons, don't forget about the luxury tax. So right now, the most realistic win now move might be ducking under the luxury tax, doing what you can do this year. Get under the tax. Know that you don't aren't going to be in the repeater tax next year and then, you know, go all gas, no breaks at the at the trade market in the off season. Upgrade your center position when it'll be a little bit easier to do so, right? Bring in a big time shooter if one's available. And I think that could be the best move for the Pelicans. Win now could also be next season in a sense. Maybe I'm cheating a little bit on this question. I probably am. That's okay though. So a couple of quick health updates before we get into the next segment about um, Jonas Valanciunas and how he is playing right now. And also like a very good question that I think needs to be turned into like more of a show which we'll get into. So we got a lot more to come here with the quick health updates. No C.J. McCollum in this one. He is practicing. He's going through a full practice, going through contact and everything. You have to imagine his return is going to be really close. Just not there yet. Maybe this road trip. Maybe not. Not entirely sure. But the fact that he is practicing, you know, we'll see if he's going to be with the team. If he is, that's a good sign. You know, pressure, air pressure on a plane, things like that. With a punctured lung, is not great. So. If he's capable of dealing with that, like he should be good to go soon. They could use his shooting. Matt Ryan's still out. It's going to be like another week or so before he's really reevaluated. Trey Murphy, the third, still out. And then Darion Seabron, slashing guard, is still out. So those guys won't be playing in this game. The question that we have really going into the weekend of playing who's going to be available, who isn't, is Zion Williamson in Saturday's game against Utah. By the way, Saturday, Mid-City Yacht Club for the Pelicans 12, the Pels 12 watch party. Uh, The awesome fan group there. I will be there. I'm going to go to there, watch it. We might even record something after the game. My setup's mobile. Maybe I'll just bring it and we can record and it might be able to have a little bit of fun with everybody over at... The Mid City Yacht Club hanging out with the Pels 12. We could like set up stuff. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but come say hi, come support the local fan group community. They're doing a little bit of a late Friendsgiving. It's gonna be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. So Zion on Saturday, you know, he's playing in this game against the Clippers. They have a chance to seal a spot in the in-season tournament, I believe, with a win here. And Then they play the second night in Utah. Slight elevation there. That's a tough and tricky place to play. Remember, they played two games there last season after, I think, a seven-game winning streak, and they lost both of those. Utah can be tough. Utah can be really tough. They tend to play New Orleans really well, too. Hi, David. And I don't know if Zion's going to play or not. You know, he has not played the second night of back-to-backs so far this season. We'd like to see him play, certainly, but they're taking a load management approach, With him. I think it's somewhat, somewhat smart. You know, I don't know if he loves it necessarily, but it's what this team is doing. You know, I had, we just got to wait and see. You know, he certainly doesn't need to be load managed. He can play. It would be good if he played. These games are kind of key coming up and you're in really good form. Maybe it's worth doing that. But I also think they'll look at this and go, we can rest him. The Jazz aren't as good as Minnesota and we played Minnesota tough. We can probably win this game without him. So I wouldn't be shocked. I want to answer a question about load management maybe on Monday or so after this game is played because there was an interesting one that came through in the Lockdown Pelicans Insiders group of like, could you play Zion th- two minutes each quarter and then close with him in the fourth so he plays something like 10 minutes total and you load manage him that way? It's a cute question. I want to talk more about that later. Let's see if he plays in this or doesn't, because if he plays, it's kind of a moot point, right? But if he doesn't, let's talk about load management and why that actually really wouldn't work playing him that way. That'll be a Monday show if he doesn't play. If he plays, we're going to recap and talk about hopefully a win. So coming up next, Jonas Bountouni has been playing pretty well recently. I'm going to explain why. I'm going to break down for you. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. The Pelicans are actually underdogs Friday against the Los Angeles Clippers. They're getting plus $180. If you put a $5 bet down, you win $9, so you get $14 back, including your $5 bet, and $150 in bonus bets for when the Pelicans win the in-season tournament game. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. I love the app. It's super easy to use, and it makes it easy to find all of the betting options, like spreads, the player props, Zion to score over or under 23 and a half points in this one, right? You have the totals. Offense has been through the roof in the NBA. Go look at the Indiana Pacers. Take the over if you think these teams are going to go and score. They also have the same game parlays. Put a couple of bets together, get a bigger payout. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season, tip off the NBA season. 150 bucks in bonus bets on any $5 money line bet. Fanduel, they're an official partner of the NFL and the official sportsbook of Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Become an every It was funny when we were doing the live show after the Sacramento Kings, the second win over the Sacramento Kings, right? And I was kind of talking about the game and the second segment was about three-point shooting and the Pelicans just don't have enough of it right now so that when CJ McCollum comes back healthy, you do need him in the starting lineup because you need three-point shooting out there because that's how the Sacramento Kings got right back in that game along with the foul calls and all the ref stuff. A couple of the everydayers immediately knew what I was going to talk about and in the chat said, Jake, you called it. I did. I'm going to toot my own horn on this one. A little bit of unmodesty here because you could see that coming. Especially when you dive into the data, which is what we provide for you here at Lockdown Pelicans. So if you want to be a little bit of a smarter fan, maybe listen to Lockdown Pelicans Monday through Friday. Be coming every day or, or listen or just, you know, add another show to the week for everything like that. For your second listen, Black and Gold's back in action. Go listen to Locked On Saints. Ross Jackson breaking down everything going on. Derek Carr playing or not is out of concussion protocol. Do, do we want him playing or not? That's also a question. Ross Jackson making sense of everything Black and Gold. Make sure they're your second listen today. So let's start to wrap up the show here. And I want to look at Jonas Valanciunas. Feels like he's playing better, doesn't he? And one of the Locked On Pelicans insiders asked this question. Why do you think Jonas Valanciunas has been playing successful lately? The system, just playing better, the opponents, or does he just look better because the team is playing so well? This is a great question. This is a great question. And it's kind of like D, all of the above. There's some weird noise going on in here. Um, So when you look at how he's playing, they're using him smartly. The coaches are using him better. There are certain matchups that just aren't for him, and they're limiting his exposure in those matchups. They're playing more of Zion at the five. Something that they've been doing a little bit more is putting Herb Jones on centers, really with the idea of pre-switching, so that when you get into a pick-and-roll situation, say Luka Doncic and Derek Lively... Right, which we saw in that big-time win over the Dallas Mavs, they started Herb Jones on there so that when the pick-and-roll came with Luka and Lively and the Pelicans switch, it immediately switched Herb Jones onto Luka, and it made his life unfun that night, arguably one of the worst games of his career. So instead of putting him on Luka to start and then all of a sudden switching Jonas Valanciunas onto Luka, you eliminate that problem. So they're kind of thinking one step ahead a little bit in terms of how they're using him defensively, which means you can kind of hide him in a sense, and then that allows you to keep him out there on the court and let him do his offensive thing. So it kind of minimizes his flaws, his weaknesses a little bit. It's also the system on offense because they're using him in a really smart way. And again, if you're an everydayer, I've talked about this in the offseason. I said, one of the things that James Borrego does a lot of, and you've seen it repeatedly, especially in the first game against the Sacramento Kings, where I believe Jonas had seven assists, is you use him as kind of the focal point, the fulcrum, if you will, of the offense. Put the ball in his hands and run a lot of dribble handoffs to Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. He has the ball, he's a big body, and he just sticks his arm out, the ball's in his hand, Zion curls around, just takes it, and because all of a sudden there's space here, Zion can take it and curl around, come this way, and start getting downhill with a full head of steam. It's why you heard Mike Brown after that game say we tried to double Zion and we couldn't do it because he had space and he started moving downhill and you can't stop him when that's the case. So they're using him in ways offensively that just make more sense and kind of fit him a little bit better. And then when they need him to cook down low and just kind of be, you know, that body, that workhorse, he's capable of doing that. I wouldn't say he's playing like insane, right? This isn't a guy that's putting up 30 and 15 on a nightly basis. They're just using him in really smart, efficient ways, and it's working for them right now. This is the coaching staff incorporating him more. I think I did a show on this in the offseason saying like he could be in store for a good year and you don't necessarily need to move him because you can use him offensively in a way that works. They're doing that. You know, spacing is not just three-point shooting. There's other ways to create some of that. And that does create a little bit of space for Zion to get downhill and attack. And when he does that, good luck. It's also why you're seeing Zion play so incredibly well these past couple of games. I think Jonas has been very key to all of that, as well as the coaching staff doing what they need to do with him on the defensive side of the ball, but still playing him minimal minutes. He's not playing over 30 per game. That's kind of important, I think, when looking at him in this context of everything. So, yeah, it's kind of like D, all of the above here. I'm curious this question that got posed to me, and I don't want to answer it right here. You know, and this, came from, this one came from Twitter, X. You know, who are the four most important players on this team right now, right? Zion and B.I. have to be in the mix. I think Herb Jones is in the mix too. Who's the fourth? Is it C.J.? Is it Jonas Valanciunas? Dyson Daniels could be argued for it. Jordan Hawkins too. But that one's an open question as of this moment. I think it's probably, probably C.J. is what you would have to say. But Jonas has been used really well, and this is why when you look at should they move him or not at the trade deadline, like, yeah, you still would like to, but I don't think it's as urgent as it once was. And with how well he's playing and fitting into what they're doing right now, I don't know if you necessarily want to move him just to move him. And that's something that's worth keeping in mind as we hit like December 15th, which is when a lot of other players can start to be traded in January 15th. Then the trade deadline, that's when moves start to even be talked about. They still don't really happen until the trade deadline, but I don't know. I don't know if it's more likely than not that Jonas gets moved anymore with how they're using him. They found ways to have him kind of fit this roster a little bit better. You know, I always do the, it's not, it's not you Jonas. It's us, the Pelicans here. This is also the Pelicans being like, okay, Let's go to couples counseling and see if we can make this work and at least try. Maybe we don't. Maybe we end up splitting up. But let's go to a couple of sessions here and see if we can find a way to coexist. Where is their compromise? And the Pelicans are doing a very good job. That was a weird analogy. The Pelicans are doing a very good job of that right now with Jonas Valanciunas. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. You could argue that he's the fourth most important player right now. Rebounding's key. He rebounds well. Let me know what you think in the comments down below, or let me know what you think in the Locked On Pelicans Insiders Group. The link is down below in the description of this show. So see you Saturday at Mid-City Yacht Club for the Pels 12 watch party. I'm going to be there. Maybe we're going to be recording after. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're there, come up and please say hi. If you're in every day or wherever you see me, tell me hi as well, or just tell me hi in general. I'm friendly. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. This has been the Lockdown Pelicans Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Enjoy the games over the weekend. Hopefully get a couple Pelicans wins. We'll be back on Monday to break them down and maybe, maybe talk a little bit of load management. See you all then.